This is your itinerary for travel and photography with your host, Rob Knight. Welcome to your itinerary. My name is Rob Knight, and this is episode number 25. My interview this week is with my buddy, William Ennis, and you might be familiar with William from one of his presentations at WPPI or his amazing wedding photography. He's a a wedding photographer based in Los Angeles, California, and um, he's one of my colleagues on the Lumix Luminary team. And I first noticed William's travel photography on his Instagram account, and I was blown away. I mean, beautiful stuff. And so I asked him to come on the show, and our conversation was pretty interesting, and it kind of speaks to the idea that we've touched on uh, in the last couple of weeks on your itinerary about how travel photography is basically regular photography that you do when you're not at home. So um, William talks about how his wedding photography affects his travel photography and vice versa, and I'm sure you'll enjoy that. I just got back from spring break with my family last week. We were out at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and I think Myrtle Beach challenges Panama City Beach, Florida for the Redneck Riviera title, but that's another story. But I did want to bring up one piece of equipment that I definitely recommend that you have if you're traveling with your family to somewhere with a beach or swimming or something like that, and that's a tough camera. And different companies call them different things. I've got a couple of the Lumix models, the the TS models. I've got a TS3 that is uh, basically my son's camera, my son's three. So this camera is waterproof and shockproof, and I'm perfectly happy to hand it to my three-year-old and make some, so he can bang around with it and make some pictures. But then it's really great to have that one camera that you can take to the beach, you can take to the pool, you can go splash around with, and not have to worry about ruining it or you know keeping your DSLR and your in a Ziploc bag like I used to do when I go to the beach or that kind of thing. It's just a nice. Um, Nice little tool to have. You can literally throw it in the pocket of your swim trunks and be sure that you get every shot that you want to get when you're on vacation with your family. So without further ado, here's William Ennis. Welcome, William, and thanks for being on the show. Hey, it's great to be here today, Rob. I'm glad I got to catch up with you, man. You're such a busy guy. Um, and um, that it's it may seem strange to the listeners that I've invited my wedding photographer buddy to be on my travel photography show, but... Um, I've really enjoyed your your travel photography over the last year, especially. Uh, tell me about some of the places that you visited in 2014. Well, 2014 was a busy year, so uh, we started off with a personal trip at the beginning of the year, and uh, my wife and I we went to Morocco, and it was a place that I always wanted to go, and it was fabulous. The problem with a lot of my trips is they're not long enough. I'd, I'd like them to be three weeks, but unfortunately, I have to shoot weddings, so I try to uh, push them in. We also did a uh, trip to uh, Prague, Czech Republic. That was just recent in December. That was fabulous. It was in Germany in September. And then uh, I think we hit Canada a couple of times during the year as well. So it was a pretty busy year. Very cool. So is most of that travel, um, are you shooting weddings when you go to Morocco and Germany? Or is that uh, all just personal travel? Wouldn't that be the life if I could? Um, it's mostly personal travel, uh, family travel and personal. Um, I tell everybody I, I mainly shoot weddings so I can afford to travel. Um, I'm very blessed with a wife that works for an airline and uh, we get to travel to a lot of different places. I've probably been to about 42 different countries uh, over my lifetime. And uh, some I've been back to many times, some only once. Um, I love experiencing different cultures, especially uh, the food and the way of life. 
And uh, we have some new places on our uh, horizon for this coming year and the following year to go to. That's very cool. Now, what you said you don't you don't get to stay long enough. Are you trying to? Are you basically squeezing your trips in between your wedding weekends, or how long's your average? Uh, that's trip? pretty well it. I think Morocco was about a ten day trip, where um, we spent maybe three days in each locale that we had uh, decided to visit. Um, so yeah, we sort of get in and get out pretty quick, and often there's a, a, a um, an entry point. So for Morocco, it was Madrid, Spain. So we made sure we had at least one day in Madrid to sort of like uh, explore very quickly as well. Nice, nice. Um, well, how do you decide where you're going to go? You said you've visited 42 countries. Um, is there any sort of rules that you go by as far as, well, we've visited this place, so we're not going to visit it again? Or um... Yeah, yeah. We have a couple of rules. First of all, uh, my wife and I, um, at, I always joke about my age. I wish I was 30, but I'm not. Um, I know you're laughing. Uh, so we try to pick places that maybe if there's some activity involved, we, we'll go there now. We always joke that we, you know, we'll do the cruise with shuffleboard in 20 years from now when uh, we're not so active. So anything that would involve adventure or hiking, we're trying to fit in now. Um, she's been traveled quite a bit as well. So obviously one of the things we look at is maybe a place we have not been together before. So, for instance, this year we're considering Peru and South America or maybe Cambodia. We both did Vietnam a year and a half ago and absolutely loved it. And I think Cambodia is probably going to be a little bit more raw than Vietnam. So that's why we would want to do that now. Um, there are places we've been to that we probably will not go back to again. And then there's places like Prague that we just visited in the wintertime and I would definitely go back there again. That would be on my top five list of places that I have visited. Gotcha. Yeah, is, is photography one of the sort of main deciding factors when you're deciding where you're going to go? Uh, always, always. Yeah. And it, I, I, I don't know if we're going to get into this, but it'd be very interesting to sort of talk about how it's changed, especially over the last 10 years. Um, I took a trip to China 10 years ago, and the gear I took then uh, versus what I just took to Prague with me, it's amazingly different. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about that. What's um, how does that uh, how does your gear that you use um, make travel different now than than like you said ten years ago? Well, ten years ago when I went to China, I had the uh, the largest backpack known to man for camera gear, and I probably was I felt like a marine. I was probably carrying fifty pounds of gear on my back, and it was frankly a real pain in the butt. So every time. In China, we'd be at the Great Wall or something. I'd have to get this big backpack off and unzip it, haul the gear out. So then I, I, I migrated a couple of years ago to smaller, the, uh, the um, micro four-thirds cameras. And uh, because of the weight, because of the size, and I've been traveling with those. That's what I shot uh, Vietnam when I went when I went to Morocco. That's what I took with me. Mm -hmm. And uh, even more recently, with some of the new technology, there's a, a new point-and-shoot camera. I think it's the LX100 by Lumix. That's the only camera I took with me to Prague. And it was actually uh, very freeing just to walk around with a little point-and-shoot camera um, that has a Leica lens on it. It's, it's a phenomenal camera. and captures some awesome images to the point that I have this large six-foot by three-foot canvas at home from Prague hanging over my sofa already. And it was shot with that point and shoot camera. Yeah, so, I, I've been really impressed with the LX100 too. Um, 
the from the from the first day that we got those actually rick garrity and i got them in new york and shot them for the weekend and we were just we were just blown away by the versatility of it and the the quality in something that's it's so small yeah it's an amazing camera so depending where i was going and for how long i was going i would determine maybe whether i just took that camera which i think lends itself very well to street photography Right. versus if I was going somewhere where I was going to be doing a little bit maybe more landscape, then I would probably take something like the GH4 and maybe four lenses and uh, and a travel uh, tripod with me. Um, Prague, I didn't even take a tripod. Yeah. I mean, we rolled very light, and it was a lot of fun, actually. That's cool. Well, you know, with the LX100, I've, I've shot it at ISO 3200 with, with no complaints, so that doesn't surprise me. Cool. It's an awesome piece of gear. Yeah. Um, how about your family and, and trying to balance your, your family time and your shooting? Is it um, something that you put a lot of time into, or do they understand that, you know, well, William's just going to be out of the picture for part of the time that we're traveling, or, or what? Well, I would say that's how it was 10 years ago. Or, um, you know, when I first started in photography, even before wedding photography, I, w- I won a National Geographic a contest for a photo I took in Greece. And um, I really owe it to my wife for a couple of reasons. She really pushed me to take the image. She hung out with me two nights in a row, freezing cold with her hoodie on, reading a book for about four hours. Fast forward to today, 10, 12 years later, I think the iPhone's been a great invention because now I think everybody's into photography. So what I do is I give my wife a small point and shoot like the GM1, show her, put it in P for program, and let her go and she shoots with me so now it's it's a lot of fun so now instead of just what I used to do is say goodbye in the morning time and go out by myself for a couple hours she joins me so uh, it's a team sport and uh, I have a son who um, is actually going to um, Imaging USA with me in two weeks in Nashville because he's one of these all-in people and he's got a GH4 and he's got a GX7 and he's got like five lenses and uh, when we went to Mexico last year, we also went to Mexico too, but that was more like a regular family vacation. And uh, he came along with me and it would be him and I out shooting. So I think with the way that photography has gone the last couple of years, and I'm probably a lot of other people are like that as well, that they're out shooting together. That's really interesting. I, and that's one of the things that I, I fantasize about. My son's almost three and, uh, and I've got my little um, tough camera, my little, uh, I think it's a TS3 Lumix, uh, waterproof and smash proof camera. And I let him play with that. And, uh, I'm like just praying that he gets into photography because that'd be so much fun to go out with. It, is. Yeah. it, is. it took my son a long time to get into it. He's 33 and, uh, now he's into it. So it's pretty exciting. That's very uh-huh. cool. And then I've heard, you know, there's, there's lots of families that lead workshops. You know, dad's been teaching workshops for 20 years and now the son is starting to take over and come along. I just can't, it brings a tear to my eye. I can't, couldn't even imagine how fun that would be. I know, yeah, I know people doing that too. And I know a lot of a husband and wife teams doing workshops as well. It's so funny when I travel with my wife, when we were in Morocco, I told her since I, I have a speaking program on travel photography, I do as well, separate from wedding photography. I told my wife that since she was uh, traveling with me, any great shots that she got were my shots, not her shots. <laughs> I would own copyright uh, them. So oh, that she, makes sense. Did, she did surprise me quite a bit, actually, with some awesome photos. 
Nice. Yeah, it's it's always interesting. I know my wife had, uh, I got her a DSLR several years ago now. She was telling me that um, she was really into photography in high school, and she liked the dark room, and, and she was into it. So I said, uh, that would be great. So I bought her a little, uh, whatever, entry-level DSLR at the time uh, a few years ago. And I think she used it exactly twice. And so we went shooting one day, and it was interesting because I would shoot – a totally different thing than she would shoot. She got, I got her, a, she wanted a macro lens. So she was shooting these little tiny things and I would shoot the great big landscapes. And then uh, we went on another trip and she shot exactly the opposite of what I shot. So I thought this is great. You know, our, our work is very complimentary to each other. And, so I, and then she never picked it up again. Oh but, no. But then to this day, there are two, I have two huge prints of her photographs in our dining room. From, from one of those two trips that we go. took with their camera. So. Actually, for photography, for my wife, I gave her all these cool Christmas presents, and it was actually a $30 gift that was her favorite. And uh, we saw a lot of people, you're going to laugh, we saw a lot of people using it over in Europe, and it was a selfie stick. I knew you were going to say that. You knew yeah. that. And yeah. uh, it was crazy. And with Bluetooth technology, and uh, we just went up to the mountains for New Year's, and there she is shooting, you know, the grandkids and the mountains and – it's pretty awesome. Nice. I remember when those came out, and I thought, that is the silliest thing I've ever seen. Nobody's yeah. ever going to have one of those. And then walking around New York City, you just, you're almost poked in the eye every 10 feet by somebody in there. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. You should have invented it and made it even better. Right? Exactly. Well, I don't know what you would make better about it, but <laughs> that's cool. Well, um, travel photography in general encompasses so many different styles of photography, but I really don't know if wedding photography is kind of one of the the travel standards. Um, how does your professional wedding photography influence your personal travel photography? And then how does that travel photography inspire your um, day job? Wow, that's a great question. I got it brings a couple of things to mind. First of all, I, I think this is going to be a weird statement, but I think wedding photography and travel photography um, utilize almost the same skill set. Okay. With that, I mean, you're shooting a wedding, you have to shoot. Uh, you have to shoot details, rings, bouquets. You have to be uh, a people, a portrait photographer. You have to be an action photographer because people are dancing or the bride's coming down the aisle. You need to be an architectural photographer and maybe even a landscape photographer. And those are the exact same skills that you would use while you travel. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think working on one helps you with the other. So for landscapes, for instance, when I'm traveling and I see a beautiful landscape, I often envision what it would look like if I had a bride and groom in that shot. Mm -hmm. So maybe the next week when I am photographing a wedding, instead of maybe just being typical and trying to keep them within a, within a church or a venue hall or something, if there's a beautiful landscape outside, it makes me remember to like, hey, let's get the bride and groom and take them outside and put them in that landscape and shoot. So, um, and it helps, it helps um, down on a micro level when you're doing detail shots. So for a wedding, I mentioned you're shooting rings. I think a lot of travel photographers sort of miss the little tiny details. So if you're walking through a market in Marrakesh, Morocco, there's all these cool like jewelry or shoes hanging up that people have for sale. That would be a great time to do some macro photography. Nice. Yeah, I know. Um my mother-in-law, for example, she, she's a great photographer. She uses a little point shoot camera, but she'll do, um, she'll pick a detail. I, in one of her trips to France, she decided it was um, door knockers, I think. Yeah. She has this whole series of little door knockers. That's exactly 
in line with what you're talking about, just shooting those little details that, that really make a place different than every other place. Yeah. That's I, have a piece, I know before we went on the air, I just want to bring up one piece of advice that I learned a couple of years ago. And that was my wife and I were taking a trip to uh, Hawaii. And as we were uh, driving in the rental car to our place, there was this little photography studio that advertised um, photo tours. And my wife says, you should go on a photo tour. And I'm like, me? I'm a professional photographer. Why would I want to go on a photo tour? Anyways, you know, after being married X amount of years, you learn, you know, you go, yes, dear. So we went on the photo tour. And you know what? I have done it more often now because two things happened. One, I quickly ascertained where the good places or maybe the not so good places to go shoot on the island of Kauai, which was very interesting. So I could go back later and spend more time there. And uh, you get to hang out all day with like-minded people, fellow photographers. So it was a great experience. So I would encourage people traveling around the world to see if there's a photo tour or a photo walk where you're going. And do that early in your itinerary because then you'll know some really cool spots that you can go back to and shoot later at your own pace. That's a great, that's a great tip. In fact, um, another photographer buddy of mine told me that he was – I want to say it was Hawaii, and he went on a tour, and that's basically what they told him. They said, listen, we're going to go to all these cool spots, but we're not necessarily going to be at the right place when the light is the best. So just use this as your sort of scouting trip and then go back and shoot the things that you want to shoot when the light's good, you know, at sunrise or sunset or whatever. Yeah, it's a great idea, and I owe it to my wife. <laughs> just like everything good in your life, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, 100%. <laughs> Well, uh, tell me about your mobile workflow. I know you post a lot of stuff to uh, Instagram and to Facebook and that kind of thing. And I'm sure with your professional work, you're you know downloading images and processing and that kind of stuff. So with your travel photography, are you posting from the road? Um, are you using the in-camera Wi-Fi? Or, or um, are you the type that likes to download your images and see them on a big screen before they go out into the world? Uh, both. So I think when I'm traveling, I have a lot of people that follow me on Facebook or other family that sort of are interested in what we're doing. So um, I have like a mini workflow for on the road and it is, it is using wireless. The cameras today, you can actually send the images from your camera to a device. I happen to use the uh, iPad. So I'll take my five, 10 favorite photos from the day, send them over to the iPad. And I'm using, um, I'm using some applications such as um, Perfectly Clear would be one that I use, which is a very, quick fix for photos. Uh, Snapseed is another one to go in and maybe do a little bit of um, specific uh, repairs or corrections on some of the images. And then if I really wanted to sort of like artistically do something with it, there's a, an app called Mextures. It's like textures with an M and it's sort of a cool app. So I try to limit it to maybe three or four apps, work on the images. And those are images that I typically would put up on um, Facebook or I love Instagram while I'm on the road. Um, when I come back and if there's images that I sort of want to print or, or, or hang in my home or studio, those are ones that I would typically go through a more standard workflow, very similar to what I do with my wedding workflow and work on those in Photoshop and on a much larger screen. Sure. Yeah. And that's pretty similar to what I do. Um, I usually shoot raw plus JPEG in the camera mm -hmm. and, uh, I know Rick Garrity and I will, we're, we're always goofing around with the little in-camera filters on the Lumix cameras. And if you're shooting raw plus JPEG, then you have the sort of edited version right out of the box. 
and you know I'll use the Wi-Fi and shoot that to my phone and then and then upload from there and then I've still got the you know quote real file that I can work with on the computer too right so, right yeah. it's a lot of fun and it it's interesting yeah I yeah. love doing it on the road yeah I've talked to a few photographers that that just don't feel good about putting anything out on the internet unless they've had a chance to look at it on the big screen and make sure it's critically sharp and and um, kind of put the whammy on it but like you said, it's fun, you know, and, and nobody looking at Instagram is thinking, oh, man, the, they, you know, their uh, focus point is not quite right there. I mean, it's just it's for fun. It's just for seeing, you know, pictures. So absolutely. Absolutely. I, cool. I will do more with that. Well, um, thanks for being on the show, man. I'm going to wrap it up with my usual five questions. And um, the first two are sort of wrapped into one. So what's what's your current photo gear setup and how has that changed, if at all, in the last year? Um, it really let hasn't changed. Let me be spe- let me be specific as far as since you're a wedding photographer and a travel photographer. What's your your typical, you know, I'm going on vacation um, loadout? You mentioned the LX100, but so if you're going to take a an interchangeable lens camera and a and a few lenses, what would you bring? I would take the uh, probably the GH4, and I would take a backup body, which would either be like the GM1, which I would was small, or a GX7. I would take one of those two as a backup body. Um, I would definitely take the, um, you know, the, uh, the 35 to hundred equivalent of 70 to 200 and, um, you know, the equivalent of a 35 to 70, which is the uh, 35 to whatever it is, the 12 or 15, well, I can't remember. 12 to is, 35. Thank you. Those two equivalent. And then I would definitely take, um, my favorite lens, which is the uh, 42.5, which is, uh, I don't know. Everybody loves that yes. lens. And I would use that for portraits, and then I would either maybe take the uh, 7 to 14 for wide angle or maybe just the, uh, the 15, 1.7, but something on the wide side. And uh, I would be good to go. And basically what I would do is I would, give, I would take one of those lenses and give it to my wife on the, you know, the GM1. So she's carrying my backup camera. She gets to shoot. I got the other body, the GH4, and if something ever happened to it, I still have a body with Nice. That's a great idea with your your uh, your Sherpa carrying your your backup camera. Yeah, and you know the other great thing too is now it's a small camera bag. It's not this big camera bag. There's a lot of great cool bags out there. Um, a lot of awesome backpacks. I have this one called the Adapter 45, which is a real cool little backpack, and uh, it's really awesome for carrying you know lightweight gear while you travel. Yeah, that 42.5 millimeter lens. Um, is the first 85 millimeter equivalent lens that I've had. And apparently that's my favorite focal length and I never knew it. When when I was in Costa Rica last year, I either had that lens or the 100 to 300. So the, the super long zoom right. on the camera 99% of the time. Whether I was shooting people or landscapes or, um, I, I use that for everything, man. I love that lens. Yeah, even in the, uh, even in the old DSLR world in 85, uh, fast lens was one of my favorites. Always, I see why. Yeah, for sure. Well, what do you do on the road to make your hotel room feel like a home away from home? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I'm usually never long in them long enough to uh, to uh, to get to that point. So, I hate to admit it, I'm one of these people that sort of live out of a suitcase. I'm not one of these people that get to a whole hotel room and unpack. Because that's another interesting thing. When we travel, even if it is for 10 days, we never hardly stay in the same place Uh for 10 days. We're usually moving around. 
the recent trip to Prague, we did Airbnb and we stayed in a, um, an apartment, a flat that was 700 years old and we were there for a week. So we did unpack, which felt more like home. And then uh, we had a market downstairs. So we just bought a few things that we typically would have at night, like tea or cookies for my wife or maybe beer for me because you are in the Czech Republic. And uh, that sort of makes it feel like home a little bit. Very cool. And I bet traveling with your family too, um, that in itself just is, I know it makes me more comfortable on the road. You know, if I'm I'm not just a lonely guy in a hotel room. I've got my, my wife or my wife and my kids with me. That makes it a lot uh, yeah, more it makes on the road. For sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, from a photography standpoint, what's your favorite place that you've visited lately? Lately? Ooh, that's tough. Um, I always tell people my favorite place is the next place I'm about to visit. But um, well, that's the next I, would question, so. go back, I would have to go back over the last couple of years and say I really, really enjoyed Prague. Um, it was one of those places where uh, we spent a whole week and we, we never drove, we never took a taxi, bus, nothing. We walked everywhere. And it was sort of based in the five quadrants. So we basically worked on a quadrant each day. And uh, there was a lot to do. People were great. Uh, food was awesome. And uh, the architecture was stunning. So I would say that's one of my favorite of the last couple of years. Cool. Okay. So what, what about next? What are you looking forward to? Um, where are you looking forward to going this year? Well, as I mentioned, my wife and I are considering Peru or Cambodia. Um, my wife is a knitter, so she loves wool and there's a lot of llamas and a lot of great fabrics and things like that in Peru. So that's her strong pull. Interesting. Um, mine is, I had mentioned Cambodia because when we were in Vietnam, we hiked some villages. And uh, there's a lot you can do in Cambodia, hiking to villages or, or, or riding mountain bikes and trekking. And that definitely appeals to me, sort of going off the beaten path away from the tourist area and uh, capture some awesome photos there. Very cool. Well, William, thanks for being on the show, man. Where can people find out about you online and uh, see your travel photography and, of course, your, your wedding photography, too? That's okay. Well, travel photography is intermittent because I don't have a dedicated site and I have that on purpose so I don't confuse my wedding clients. But I often uh, post travel images on my Instagram account, which is William underscore Innes underscore photography. On my Facebook account, which is William Innes, I put a lot of travel photos. And if they want to look at pretty wedding photos, then uh, just innesphotography.com. Cool. And of course, I'll have all the links in the show notes and uh, and everybody can click on those and check it out. Well, thanks a lot, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, Rob. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Have a great yeah. day. And if you like what you're hearing on your itinerary, please tell all your friends about it and stop by iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us some positive feedback and give us a couple of stars. And check in with us on Twitter at your itinerary. And uh, we'd love to hear some ideas for the next time show. Or if you're a local expert, then, then let us know about it. And then um, let us know where you want to tell photographers where to go, how to get there, and uh, how to go to have a great travel experience. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Your Itinerary with Rob Knight. Head over to thisweekinphoto.com to check out the other TWIP shows and get on our mailing list. Become a TWIP member to get exclusive benefits and member pricing on TWIP products and workshops. Start planning your next adventure, and we'll see you next week on Your Itinerary for travel and photography. Your Itinerary.